Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites. Uh, we are going to be talking today about sole proprietorships and single-member LLCs. That's uh, uh, What does that mean, Johnny, LLC? Limited Liability Corporation. Oh, there we go. So we're going to talk about the differences there and um, – and we'll probably touch on also nonprofits and uh, on INCs, Inks, okay, because there's all different things. And if you if you are going into business, you you really there's no choice except you have to consider all the options. Um, if you are already in business, you may want to consider alternative options. But realize that no matter what you do, it's going to be complicated. It's going to involve lawyers. It's going to involve accountants. There's really no way you can just wing it and do this on your own. So if we can shed a little light on this today for you uh, as some food for thought, then I guess we will have accomplished something for those who are at that juncture in their business careers and lives. I would hasten to add that we're not trying to take the place of your accountant or lawyer. Thank you. Uh, yes, we don't want to be sued for this. <laughs> no, we we just want to give some thoughts. It might provoke you to go and talk to your advisor so that you don't find yourself in an untenable situation. Yeah, so so talk with your attorney and your accountant as you move forward with this kind of thinking. Don't try to wing this on your own is the point. We'll probably mention that again. New entrepreneurs tend to have a long list of things they want to do when they start their business. And among those tasks, whether they want to or not, is that they have to decide how their business will be structured for businesses with a sole owner and no employees or very few employees, the two most popular options are sole proprietorship and a single-member LLC or limited liability company. And what's the best choice? Um, again, we've got to talk to your attorney and your accountant. But you can give it some thought ahead of time and be prepared for that, be better prepared by following uh, some directions and thinking about some of the comments and points that we're going to make here, Johnny and I, between us, have probably had direct involvement with almost every type of business structure, either individually, either personally or through uh, others that we work with. So, and that would include nonprofits, as I mentioned. So, I'll bring that up in a few minutes. So, Johnny, maybe can you talk a little bit about? You you worked in a business that you did not really establish. Your 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 father did, I guess. And um, do you have any clues about how he did that and what the struggles were at that time that he went through? And or uh, weren't think, there as many as there are now? I think uh, my dad uh, started a business like most entrepreneurs do. They start the business and then they worry about its organization later. Uh, it was a very small business. But strangely enough, he set it up as an INC, which is a uh, very different instrument than an LLC. Incorp when you incorporate a business, requires several things that are not required for sole, sole proprietorship and partnership. One of the most onerous parts of it is minutes. You do have to take minutes. And so if you're, if you're not inclined to take minutes of meetings and have regularly scheduled meetings, you shouldn't have set those up because otherwise the IRS could come in and just say this is a shell and a sham or a lawyer who's suing you on behalf of one of their clients could say the same thing. I hate this subject. <laughs> yeah, and you could end up in terrible shape. So I think from our perspective, and I did have uh, 
a corporation, C-Corp they call it, and that was like a totally different person. It's handled by the IRS as a different person right. than me. So I was able to write things off in a C-Corp that I was not able to write off in an LLC. Right. Now, I had LLCs. Typically, it was on very, very small companies that didn't have any employees and that the liability was directed in one specific way, such as real estate or property, rental property. Well, there are so many little idiosyncrasies connected with each of these choices that it becomes a extremely complex, at least to me, because it's not the kind of things I think about. I guess if you're a lawyer or an accountant, you think about it. But in my background, the people that I've worked with and the kinds of structures they used for their businesses, they really weren't people who were in that modus operandi. They didn't consider all of those little aspects. For example, in a sole proprietor situation, a business that's owned – this is just a tiny little thing – but a business that's owned by a, an individual, a solo individual, will be regarded as a sole proprietorship. And when entrepreneurs include their – this is a, a little different a spinoff now. When an entrepreneur includes his or her first and last name in the business name – for example, uh, Johnny Stites uh, ice cream stand. Um, they they don't they don't have to register their name with the state if they choose to use a make believe name um, like uh, Kicks Country <laughs> Hamburgers. They're likely going to need to file a fictitious name registration form with the state where they want to operate. So you may see the term DBA or doing business as that's used instead of fictitious names. And some states also require that business owners run advertisements in a local and or a legal newspaper to inform the public of the person who is responsible for the business operating under that fictitious name. It gets so complicated and away from the subject matter of whatever the business is that you're doing, whether it's a service or product business, if you're opening a retail store, whatever it is, these things have a way of tangling you up because they are so much a part of the way government runs and the law that we need to adhere to that it can be very trying experience. Hal, I think the important thing is find a lawyer, find an accountant that is specifically aware of the issues in your industry, in your business. Because if you hire any lawyer to do tax, you may not get what you want. You need a tax lawyer. Or if you want to have an accountant that's going to help you in the construction industry, you need one that does construction businesses all day, every day. Because it's very different than running a doctor's office right. or running a retail store. So in making sure that you do a good job picking them early on, and you can find out, go to, to uh, uh, association meetings and find out who signed up there. I have a, a little rule of thumb that I've used that uh, in those situations of seeing three people in each circumstance. If, there's a, if I need an accountant, uh, I'm going to interview three accountants. If I'm going to need a lawyer, I'm going to interview f three lawyers and, and, and pick between them. Sometimes, you know, you might do two or four, yeah. it depends. Overall, if you 
separate the people out and you call them up and you say who you are and that you would like the opportunity to sit down and interview them, they're not likely to tra- – they may charge you, but they're not likely to charge you for uh, some short, quick questions. That's we're right. Gonna ta- yeah, we're going to take a quick break here now and I'll be back with you in a minute. Don't go away. Welcome back to BusinessWorks, if you're still awake. Uh, this is Al Alpiar with Johnny Stites, and we're talking about the most boring aspect of business that you could ever imagine, but it is a, such an essential area that we all have to deal with, and it is frustrating to have to sit and talk about it because it really does not relate to day-to-day existence uh, in m- most terms. But how this subject can take a good business down. Right. If that's, you the, are, that's the whole If you're point. not paying any attention to it, there's so many ways it can hurt your business. You're right. I, I do know from uh, having uh, – I, I have had an INC and I've had an LLC and I've had a sole proprietorship and I've had a nonprofit and I've been through all of those exercises and experiences. One's worse than the next. Um, but what I have learned over time is just what you said, to be able to keep track of the details um, as you move forward with the business is critical. If you put money from a personal account into your business, it's got to be recorded as a personal loan to the business and then that has to be kept track of and it has to get either paid back or explained uh, at the end of the year, and when you get to tax time, you better have some good records to show that that's how that worked, or yeah. vice versa. If you take a draw from the business and put it in your personal account, and that's a lot riskier. <laughs> so there are a lot of little details here that, again, you need to find a lawyer and accountant who fit this, who are interested in particularly what you're not interested in and who can help you through this. Let me give you an example of what happened to my parents when they started a business uh, out in West Cookville and 60 years ago. They paid everybody so much a week. It was a salary, and everybody earned whatever the amount was. About three years down the road, the people from the state came in and said, you can't do that. you got to go back and calculate all of their hours and pay them overtime for every hour that they worked over 40. So it was exceedingly expensive, <laughs> oh, first of geez. all, to go back and figure out all yeah, of those I mean, hours. Recreate history. Uh, three I mean, years' I, worth of it. Boy. And then they had to go back and pay all the overtime for those three years. Now, most of the employees, realizing that they had agreed to work for this amount of money, gave the money back after we paid them. But it got us into a really sticky situation, and it was nobody's trying to pull anything. We we were just uh, not knowledgeable of the law, and so we got ourselves in a tight bind. Then yeah, the problem is that not being knowledgeable of the law is not acceptable as a reason for not following it, and <laughs> that that applies, I guess, to all laws. But it's particularly difficult when it comes time to deal with taxes and the government and your business. And labor laws. Yes. Labor laws. And labor laws. Another example uh, how if you are a small company and you hire one or two or three people uh, to come in and do some work for your company, but they're not not employees, 
you're not hiring them. They're just coming in to do some construction work or maybe some consulting work. If you don't get an employer identification number or social security number on a W-9, then the IRS can come back and say, oh, no, these these are employees. You didn't get a W-9, so you've got to pay all the workman's comp and Social Security and all the labor burden on this payroll for these people. And tell us, what's an EIN you mentioned? Uh, employer identification number. Employer identification number. Yeah, and every what, employer that- has one. Uh, that you set when you set your business up, you get that from the state. Uh, I don't know if it's state or federal, but I do know that you have to get it from the government. This is why you need an accountant and a lawyer. Yes, you do. Doesn't know it all. I, I let my lawyer set it up and, <laughs> and get I the don't number. Know any of this stuff, I just is yeah. so foreign to me. And well, uh, I always I, let my lawyer handle yeah, that. I couldn't even exist without uh, the support of a, a, a good accountant that I have, and. Uh, so just be cautious is the message we're trying to get yes, people to yeah, understand. Yeah. If you set it up, take the time to set it up right. Who knows? You may grow into be a multi-million dollar business. But whether you do or you don't, you're still better off if you do it correctly from the get-go instead of trying to cobble things together in midstream of any business. So that brings you to the income tax question. And so with income tax... You have a, another layer you, with the IRS. If you don't get that right, we know what happens. They come to your door, and they tell you what for, and you have no recourse. They can shut your doors. They can attach your bank accounts. They can take money if they want to. And we've seen that happen to good, honest people trying to make a living, but they just made a mistake and got a foul of the IRS. From the ease of administration standpoint, uh, sole proprietorship is the easiest. And since the state doesn't recognize it as a separate legal entity, there are no required corporate compliance formalities. That doesn't mean that it's easy or quick, but it's easier than a lot of the other forms. Of, but it also means that they can come after your house, your yes, car, it, it, all right. your personal assets. You're open to other yes, you uh, are. avenues of uh, attack. <laughs> you are. So that's why people have corporations um, and LLCs uh, is because they want to protect the assets that they own personally and not let some mistake in business right. end everything. Now, if you're, let's say that you are at the end of a gravel road in Putnam County, someplace up in the mountains, and you have a little garage and you're manufacturing some product there, and you've got, um, you sell 50 or so a week. Uh, whatever it is, um, and you're doing this by yourself, and you've been getting away with uh, just making cash deals with people. Um, first of all, that's not advisable because <laughs> no. in the end you'll get clobbered. But if let's say that you do, um, and you're and you somebody kind of alerts you to the point that you you better get yourself uh, formalized in what you're doing as a business. Do you go to sole proprietorship or do you go to single member LLC or what do you do? Do you is there a preference there or one that's easier, quicker? Or? It depends upon what risk I'm willing to assume personally. If I'm nervous about losing personal assets, LLC is the way to go. But with an LLC, you're going to pay six percent franchise and excise tax 
own all of your assets in that LLC. So if you have, say, a million dollars worth of assets in the LLC, you're going to pay $6,000. $6,000 would be 6%, right? If, if you're, what if you're making something out of wood or some natural ingredient? I mean, you don't have a big inventory of anything. You don't have... Well, but the inventory would be what it is, and the manufacturing equipment would be what it is. And so all of that would would be added in. And that's where your accountant would give you that information. So don't think that you can get away with things. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not right. a good way to do that. We're going to take a, a quick break here and hope that you'll come back with us. We'll, we'll try to perk it up a little bit and not uh, be so doomsday-ish on this, but it's a tough subject. So thank you. Don't go away. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal and Johnny, and we are talking about Oh, it's this terrible subject that you need a lawyer and an accountant to straighten out for you. The questions about how to proceed with your business, what what form do you take? Um, What's going to work best for you? How do you recruit help to make these decisions and what kinds of help? And, of course, we talked about accountants and lawyers. I think accountants would be the first place I'd recommend in general terms because they're going to give you a financial overview of where you are and where you need to go, and they may make a recommendation about what form you take. And at that point, you know, from my money, the way I would function, I would then take that to a lawyer and ask for either that they support it or if they disagree with it to explain that so that I can go – back to the accountant or go on straight from there. But it's no matter what, it's a difficult subject. Johnny, you, during the break, you brought up something a little more exciting about this. Than you, if you could shed some light on for us, I, that would be useful. Well, back to your question of how do you select, the first people I would select would be the accountant. How would I select the accountant? I would find out those accountants who are primarily not exclusively, but primarily dealing in the industry that I'm going to be in. So if it was construction, you could find out what accountants. We had to go to Nashville to find one that was really specifically dealing with construction. And we got a good accountant, and then he can recommend the attorney to work with you because he's already working with good ones. And he knows the ones that are going to waste your time and money, and those are going to get the job done. But it could also be somebody who deals with like hardware stores or major oh, yeah. suppliers, something that's related. Sure, words, you're saying that's right. Yeah, like and that's it, true in hardware stores, as well, by the way. Are all members of typically some kind of a distributorship like Ace or Builder Value and right. any number of others? And those people can tell you where to go and get a good accountant or a good attorney. The reason that's important, Hal, is because. If you get one that's not used to it, you're going to pay him a lot of time just for learning. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> the old saying goes, I don't want a lawyer who's been practicing. I want somebody who already knows the law and is able to go. <laughs> okay. So, so when you hear a lawyer say, I'm practicing law, maybe that's the one you shouldn't go to. <laughs> you want one that's already I, got it I down I always pat. thought that about practicing medicine. It makes me a little nervous. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> When you but start if you try to take this. a shortcut here, you're going to bury yourself. Yeah. If you try to take the shortcut, it's going to cut you off. And you don't want to uh, get any idea in your head that this is all just a bunch of fluff and you don't need to worry about it because it will absolutely 
like make your life miserable. Well, and you've talked about the costs involved. You know, it it costs a little bit more to set up and maintain an LLC, a limited liability company or corporation, than it does a sole proprietorship. You need to consider the big picture and think about what will serve your interest best in the long term. Yeah. You may not know that, but you're going to have to do a little bit of extrapolating uh, and thinking about where you're headed with things. Well, let me give you a perfect example. I cannot name how many times my accountant would come into my office and say, Johnny, here's what the taxes you were going to have to pay because of the year that you've just had. But we've been doing some thinking about your situation, and we did this for another person last year. We think if you made this change, this change, and this change, we could save 75% of these taxes. Now, think about that. Yep. And what they saved will pay for their fee 10 times, so it's worth it. The, the, th- the thing that kind of complicates all of this at the same time is that you're talking with people who are traditionally historians when you're talking to accountants. Accountants... I don't hate accountants. I, I, you know, I, I'm impressed that they can do what they do. But accountants are historians. They recreate what's happened in the past. They don't. They're not futurists in the sense of looking ahead for the most part and guiding a business. They, they just don't have what it takes to do that. It's not in their makeup. Um, so that tradition of being a historian kind of runs in opposite direction of where you want to head with your business. And it except, makes it hard to keep track of. Except tax accountants. Yes, except tax accountants. They're the yeah. ones who are thinking and about the future. And of course you pay future, more. <laughs> and you end up saving more than they cost you, at least I did, yeah. almost every year. But it still costs more than a regular account, for example. So th- this is a whole world of stuff. If you have somebody who's a numbers person and you're – in your business or your family you can rely on, um, do that because we are spent out <laughs> with this subject. <laughs> this is a tough one. Well, um, if anybody has a question and want to talk to you more about it, they can call your number. Absolutely. And yeah. and um, we, you or send us an email. Yeah. You, can, you can email Hal at businessworks with an S on the end dot U-S. And we will certainly answer any email, respond to it. Uh, we may bring a tax accountant in uh, to uh, make sure that we're telling you the truth <laughs> and go over everything. So, and if how you promise if you don't know the answer that they ask, you'll send it to me, won't you? Yes, yes. No, well, I'll send it to you anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can send. You can address it to Johnny. How's that? Any questions you have about taxes? <laughs> yeah, just put Johnny and send it to Hal, and I'll laugh as I forward it. All right. All right, folks. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you next week. And guest. We promise we will not be talking about this section. No, matter. we're going to have a guest who's very interesting and has been around in business for quite some time and has a different perspective. We look forward to seeing you then.